Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. A very special guest today, and a close friend of mine in Mr. Rock Thomas. Rock, welcome to the podcast. Jeff, always a pleasure to see you. It's been too long, buddy. Always too long. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Uh, as most of our audience guests know, and I'll reiterate, if I if you don't know, most episodes at, at this level, we don't send questions. Nobody knows what the content's going to be. Literally, the next 20 minutes of ideation are just going to be Rock and I being, being Rock and I, which is kind of scary. Uh, none of this has been planned or scripted. So the goal is authenticity and providing the best value to the listeners based on what the listeners need. So Sit down, buckle up, and get ready, because this is going to be fun. Yeah, well, I'm ready to rock and roll. What do you want to talk about, buddy? So, you know, in preparing for today and knowing your life, Rock, you have a very interesting past. Um, obviously, you put that video out a couple of years ago um, about your childhood, and you were really authentic about that. I know you got a lot of followers. You've done so many things entrepreneurially. And you are just a, a really interesting person. You've been a lot of places. I think that a lot of people that I come in contact with don't dream big enough. And I used to think it was because I live in Omaha. And then I started to learn it's just people in general. Um, they don't think big enough. They don't dream big enough. And I think for so long, we are programmed to think smaller so that we don't have to feel failure. Um, and in doing so, we fail. And I think it'd be fun to talk for 20 minutes about the big life's that you've seen and or experienced at firsthand uh, because people chose to dare differently and take risks and fail forward. And you know a lot of successful people, but I think before we get into that conversation, for those that don't know your background, maybe talk a little bit about your experience with Tony Robbins organization, um, your brokerage in Montreal, your foreign language skills, your triathlon <laughs> skills. Let the audience know kind of who Rock is in 60 seconds and as Rock taught me never apologize for being awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So the quick version is I grew up on a farm in Canada, worked hard for 20 years. So I was in my late 20s doing minimum wage work mostly because I was branded by my siblings and parents as, you know, type of guy that worked hard, not smart. And so I was- called him the mule. Yeah, just living out the programming, right? The youngest of seven. But then I came across a mentor in my late 20s that, that he says, you know, with your work ethic and a little bit of training, developing a higher skill and anybody that wants to build a team, they know that they have to go from running a small organization themselves to a new skill set, hiring, training, inspiring, meetings, all that kind of stuff. So I graduated into basically becoming a salesperson, it was really crap to start with and then got really good, bought the company and took it to 275 agents, a billion dollars a year, 5,500 sales a year. Um, and, and really just changed my identity. And so what I've learned, Jeff, in, in order to, you know, evolve and now got on 44 streams of income, mastermind groups, multiple 
uh, author of books and audio programs and podcasts, and the list goes on and on. When you get to 58, it's pretty easy to have a lot of runway behind you, right? And by 58, if you're watching, that's 58 years old, even though he looks 38. People typically think I'm his older brother. Rock's done an amazing job. <laughs> Rock, Rock's insane. Like, he's like one of the hardest working people I know. Go getter. And it doesn't matter. Hard work doesn't mean going and grinding in a job. If he's golfing, he is golfing harder than everyone else golfing. Right. If you're hiking, he's hiking harder. He's racing every person around him and winning most bouts from my experience. You know, I think I, I like I like to grow. I like to learn. I like to push myself. I like to be fully alive. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, to your point at the beginning of dreaming small is they get seduced with comfort. And I got seduced with uh, passion. And I look at somebody like Michael Jordan has learned to trick his brain to play full out. He'll look up in the audience, choose a young boy and say to himself, that kid came here to watch me. It's the only game he's going to have his entire life. His parents scraped together 400 bucks to get him here. And gosh darn it, I can't let him down. And so I think the people that dream big, Jeff, like yourself, like maybe myself, is we've learned to trick our brain and to play games and to say yes to things that are bigger. You and I have played squash, we've played golf, we've, we've you know, gone to we, restaurants. We've raised up a mountain in Vietnam on a bicycle. Right, and it's because we say yes to the next thing and the next thing leads you to another opportunity where most people are like, oh, I don't know, hesitating and waiting. So to think bigger, just say yes to working out tomorrow at five o'clock and doing a TRX class you never did before. That's all you have to really do, get into momentum. Yeah, I love that. Take the speaking gig that you never would have done otherwise. Maybe make the investment that everybody told you not to make. And it's funny when you think about advice, and I've been talking to people a lot about this, the people that love to give advice are the people that never did it. And so if they can't answer why should I not do it and have a life experience to back up their advice, I probably wouldn't take their advice. So the thing that hit me hard, Rock, when I first met you, uh, we were at GoBundance, and I shared this the last time I interviewed you, but it's kind of fun. Um, I was at GoBundance, and this guy, Rock Thomas, was going to speak. And before he got up, they played this video on YouTube and you could hear the sound and person's getting you all jacked and you're excited. But the thing that blew me away, and I don't know if you remember me sharing this story with you, but as Rock entered the stage, there was no video being played like I thought there was. It was Rock talking. He had just started talking when he was in the back of the room. And it was just so motivational and awesome. And it got me jacked. And I was like, yep, I'm joining. And Obviously, I'm here now and the whole world, my world's different because the relationships, obviously, and the content I got from GoBundance. But the big takeaway was the bucket list. And the bucket list in GoBundance, when you join, uh, you create a document essentially of like your life and like what you want to accomplish. And you set out to have 100 items. You'd say, by the end of my life, I have to do these 100 things. And it can be anything. And the thing that was so fascinating, I think I, when I did it the first time, I had 25 things I had on my list. But then in GoBundance, they have you sit around and share with everyone else their list. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to go you know, deep sea fishing. I want to go fish swimming with sharks. I want to go do these things I didn't even really think existed. And so when you talk about how big of a life you can imagine, you only can imagine a life so big based on your imagination. And then what you said, tricking your brain. I think that's so fascinating. And that, that, that is what I've done a lot of times, like lying to yourself almost to say, oh, I can do that or I can do that and not being worried about the outcome. So I would love to talk for 15 minutes and then we can wrap up about some of the big things you've done um, I'll share a few, a few big things I've done with the successes I've experienced. And then maybe some of the big things you've watched other people do. And some of them can be braggadocious um, experiences, other how we've watched other people's lives change. So I'll take the first one. 
um, Clayton Mulford, which a lot of people inside of elite real estate systems know Clayton. I had this strong belief after reading the book, Dream Manager, uh, that everyone in our organization does a dream board. And then every year we update the dream board based on things we've accomplished or dreams that have changed. One of Clayton's goals was uh, having enough income to be able to have a child because they were having some infertility challenges. And I don't know, Clayton, I'm sorry if I get this wrong. I think they ended up doing in vitro fertilization. But whatever they did, it costs a lot of money. Um, had Clayton not been in our world, it wouldn't have probably given him the opportunities to generate the income to have a child on the earth. And people ask Rock oftentimes, as my, they ask myself and any influencer, why do you do it? The, the public assumes it's for money. Um, Rock even said right off air before we started this episode, none of it's for the money. Um, it's all for experiences. But for me, I found quickly it was about helping change other people's lives and giving them opportunities that they never would have had had they not been in my world. And in so doing, I'm now provided with opportunities that I never would have dreamed of. So would love for you just to kind of share a few experiences you've had personally, and then maybe other things you've seen. Um, and it's kind of like the, what is at the tip of the iceberg? Uh, what's the, 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 you know, I don't know, the candles on the cake. What, what is the thing that we're all waiting for with all these sacrifices we make day in and day out? And how can those listening achieve those things, whatever those things are for them. You know, I think it, it's, you meet, you meet yourself where you're at. When I was in my twenties, I bankrupt a restaurant, borrowing all the money that my mother had saved up. And I was not forced, but the choices were limited. I went to Quebec city, uh, learned how to speak French and bought a house with no money down. Cause I read a book on no money down $2,000 on my credit card. And it had, it was house hacking. It had four people that were renting rooms in the house. And so that was my first foray into real estate. But each step along the way, Jeff, was I didn't know what I was doing. I was learning a new language. I was becoming a flight attendant. I was staying in a room in a woman's house in her basement until I could find a way to borrow $2,000 on my credit card and get vendor financing. Everything along that journey at that stage was new, 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 new. And so... Building a team or doing something great is we're going to require you to be able to face a lot of unknown. And I think that's the part that slows people down. And that's the part where I usually just say yes and figure it out later. I accelerate. I accelerate into the darkness. I accelerate into the unknown while everybody else is pulling back and slowing down. As long as I know that, like, I'm not going to kill myself or hurt anybody. But, you know, I learned a new word every day on the plane in French, because I asked the flight attendants I worked with, teach me one word today. And I chose one word because I couldn't really remember any more than one word. <laughs> so like, if I can just get one word, and then tomorrow, one more word and string them together, in a year, I'll have 350 words. And that's the majority of what you need to communicate. So each step along the way, Jeff, to greatness is sprinkled like breadcrumbs with tiny little decisions to do something slightly outside your comfort zone. Do you think getting into some psychobabble and going back to knowing your childhood, and I know my childhood, someone has told me before that I'm the most comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I feel awkward when everything around me is normal. And when there's nothing new, and I'm just like doing the same thing, even though like, if you read the one thing, it says, do the thing that's boring and do it consistently over long periods of time. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know before we jumped on true entrepreneurs will build something, they'll spend a lot of time on it, and then they'll turn it over to somebody else. And then they'll take it and run with it. Do you feel like you're the most comfortable in the uncomfortable? And is that because you came from that world? Or is that because you've created, you've lied to yourself, kind of the Michael Jordan analogy, you've told I, yourself that story. And I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a really good point. Because I think I risk sometimes, Jeff, when things are too stable, is creating problems so that I have to fix them. 
Um, and so I have to be aware of that, you know, is sometimes I'll delegate to my team and I got nothing going on because everything's going smoothly. Then I'll go back in and go, so you guys, did you do it? Uh, oh, okay. Well, give me that back. I'll do it quicker than you. And they're like, what the hell, man? You give it to me like four hours ago. And, and so I, I sometimes create my own problems. I think because of that need for uncertainty and to be fixing and creating things. And that's why I have so many different businesses. Now I got medical clinics and, you know, I got solar, I got real estate, I've got coaching platforms, men's groups, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we didn't even talk about offline, but that I've created because I have this need for, you know, stimulation and uncertainty. Yep. Yep. So with that and all the business ventures you've been in and where you came from, you've obviously generated income. Um, let's go back to maybe your first year where you started making some pretty good money and you had your bucket list of items. What were a few of your bucket list items that you've now checked off? And then I would love to, if you're willing to share with the audience, what now would you consider as bucket list items over the next? My gosh, if I go back to the beginning, it was like, you know, have a nice car. My car has always sucked, you know, a Toyota Tercel. And you're not a huge car guy. So what was nice car for you then? Well, like a Ford (laughs) Taurus was a nice car. Brand new, fully loaded, baby. Yeah. Right. Uh, One where power windows, you know, I mean, I'm dating myself. But do you remember a euphorical moment in which you acquired said nice car and you said, I finally made it. I've got the Ford Taurus fully loaded. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't it. That was more like, okay, I'm not now a complete bum. The first one was a BMW. And I okay. do remember meeting my mom at a, at a coffee shop to show it to her, to have her, because my mother is a money monk. She doesn't believe in capitalism and all that. So she looked at it and she got upset with me, oh, which geez. broke my heart because this was that moment of, you know, I made it. Made it. Yeah. And then she's just like, you could have, you know, you could have kept that other car and we could have fed the poor and we could have, say, you know, global warming and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, other people are always the best at spending your money, including yeah. your mom and mine. Yeah. We yeah, love them. Totally. totally. But yeah, there was that. And then it went on to, I remember maybe five years ago, seven years ago, just deciding that I fly business class. I mean, I don't care what the cost is. Unless yeah. it's less than an hour, like I'm going to fly from here to California. I don't care. Economy, me. It doesn't matter. Um, is business first class? I always get them confused because there's first, some flights in America. It's first business economy. Business first. or first, I think, is really like United. You need to go first because their business sucks. It's more okay. like, you know, economy plus. Yeah. And, um, and then the other companies, you know, business is that, fine. That's a big that's economical fine. difference, by the way. And I fly a ton. Um, to be able to do that, I'd say you have to pay twice as much in my experience. So a flight to Montreal right now from almost probably 500 to economy, I might drop nine, 950 on a first class ticket. Yeah. But to me, it was, there was a, a moment and you know what, you meet different people up there. Your peer group is up. You end up like I've done business going up there and, you yep. know, um, and not, not going to the cheap golf courses. And so now when I go on vacation, um, my goal is to spend $2,000 a day, um, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I, I I still have that cheap chip in me. You know, it's yeah. like, why be at a $700 night hotel when I could be at one of 350 You guys think of this right now, for those listening, let's take a little quick pause. As Pat Hyben would say, now that's a pearl. Um, he has a, Rock has, that's a goal for spending money. Most people go on vacation and they say, I cannot spend more than $150 today or I'm going to be broke when I get home. Uh, Rock's trying to spend two grand. Two grand's a lot especially if you're not drinking wine. So share with our audience how you spend two grand on the typical day on a typical rock vacation. 
Yeah, and it's a mindset thing. So, you know, it'll, you know, I'm going to Hawaii in a couple of weeks. And so I'm excited that the hotel is, you know, a thousand bucks a night because mm-hmm. that helps me out, hit my goal. And then from there, it's going to be, you know, if I'm going to go play golf, great. It's 350 bucks for a round of golf. Good. Yep. And then I come back, instead of trying to find a cheap massage on the beach, which is nice, um, I'm like, okay, let me, let me check out the spa. It's going to cost me $250 for a massage. Uh, great. And then dinner and food, and, and I'm pretty much there. And so it's a mindset piece versus trying to always look at the cost and, and be cheap. I'm like, hey, I deserve it. It's in my budget. It's in my fun jar. Let me spend it and let me spend it and feel good about it. People feel guilty. Um, but they choose how to feel. And so you've chosen to reward yourself. There's money set aside for it. You feel that you're deserving of it. And I would say we can't afford not doing things like that. Now, we don't have to drop X amount on Y, but having those extra things that we choose to reward ourselves with, I think makes a big difference and gives us our reasons. That's the whole idea behind the bucket list. Right. Vision board is Why am I making these sacrifices? Do the things you love and doesn't have to be golf for somebody. It might just be an opportunity to, you know, hike the Appalachian for, for three weeks or whatever, the, whatever it is, but not only setting that site for yourself, but then actually act, acting on it. I see so many people who set these goals, but then I'll ask, I'll follow up. Did you do the hike? Did you do the, you know, did you buy the car? Well, not real. No, sometimes they'll have the income. They just don't, <laughs> they don't act on it. So yeah. that, that's a big, well, I, you know, what I found is that I do plan my year out, my quarters out. So I know what vacations are coming in and I know that I can afford it. So it's not haphazard like, Oh, yeah, all of a sudden it's going here 10 days to, you know, Hawaii and took 23, $23,000 later. And then shit, it's on my visa card. It's not the deal. Right. But I will tell you that one of the fun things I do is I put a big wad of cash in my pocket, lots of fives, lots of twenties. Um, and then I give lots of tips out when I go on vacation. A, it makes me feel good for not being cheap because a lot of my time is like, I don't know if you ever had this. I was so cheap for so for a while, Jeff. Like I would get yeah. to the end of my golf game and, uh, you know, the guy's going to clean my clubs and I have to give him five bucks. I'd be like, uh, I'm late going. for an appointment. I'm late for more. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah. Save my five bucks, you know? Dude, when you don't have money. Yeah, I don't. Everyone's that way. I would say. I would say before they have any money. Well, I get to the hotel and the guy's the porter pulls up. He goes like, "Would you like me to take your bags?" And I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta tip him." <laughs> and right. but now I'm just like, "Yes, sir." And I hand him twenty right out yep. the gate. Word goes around that I tip well. All of a sudden, doors are being opened for you, and tables are available. Know your name. And, you know yep. your name, and so I've started that as a fun way to to feel rich with not that much money, actually. Yeah, I love it. I think it's very rare. How often has anyone listening ever sat down to a table at or any restaurant in the world and handed the person that's going to serve you who's just introduced themselves a $100 bill? Yeah. And what will the difference be in your dining experience if you were to do that? And we've just done do it for the hell of it. See, yeah. right? The acronym TIPS, T-I-P-S, is to ensure proper service if you do it up front. Why do it at the end? You're going to give them 15% anyway. Give right. it to them up front and watch a totally different experience. Yep. And like you said, it makes you feel good and you're helping someone. And <sighs> servers today are so underappreciated. No one wants to work right now. Um, don't be upset when your servers today are making mistakes because it's typically not their fault. Um, it's typically the fault of the environment that they're coming from and there's not enough support. So tip your servers well. I think that's great advice. Um, we want to dare those listening to dream bigger, fail forward. Uh, like Rock shared, say yes. Um, 
don't be scared to raise your hand and have the wrong answer. Be scared to not raise your hand. Uh, there's a great book that I've read. I know I've quit, quit, uh, quoted a few times on the show, and it's uh, The Five Regrets of the Dying. Uh, we all are going to die, and there's not a question to that. Uh, the question just becomes when and what do we leave behind when we go <clears throat> and what what experiences did we have and wh who did we get to share those experiences with? And uh, Rock, you and I have shared a lot of really great experiences together, and I'm an experienced guy as well. I like having nice things. I like sharing my nice things, but the experiences are everything. And so we invite those listening to go and create your own experiences, become the best, best versions of yourselves. Rock, you have a lot of great content people can plug into from the M1 organization, the books that you've written. What's the best way for our audience members to get into your world? Rockthomas.com forward slash free book. You can get a copy of my book. And How much does it cost? <laughs> yeah, it's just, just the shipping. Okay. <laughs> free book. <laughs> you get the book cool. for free. Rockthomas.com. Yeah. Flash free book. Yeah, forward slash free book. Yep. And it's just a great way to get to know me. They can go to my YouTube channel and listen to stuff there that I put a lot of free content out there. Uh, I also have a podcast called Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, uh, where, where I interview cool people like Jeff and uh, other thought leaders around what is your relationship with money? You know, I've learned over the years that we are taught to be consumers, not investors. And so what happens is that you have to push against that your entire life. Most people are like, okay, I want to spend money. I want to buy this. I want to get that. I need this new gadget, et cetera. And they don't plan to invest in real estate. And they wake up 35, 40 years old, you know, with a noose around their neck called a mortgage and a car payment and kids, et cetera. So I'm a big believer, win the money game early, win it, win it uh, easily, get cash flowing assets. And then you can live the rest of your life with time freedom, which most people don't have. Amen. I think that's everything. I had lunch yesterday with a new agent that just joined. I'll throw his name out, Brett Stevens. He'll be okay with this. His mom was my first admin um, back in 2006. And Brett has now gotten his real estate license. And he said to me at lunch yesterday, Jeff, I have the dream that if I wanted to go, he said, to like Rome in six weeks from now, I would be able to just drop everything in six weeks from now and go to Rome. And I said, Brett, I love that you're dreaming big, but let's dream bigger. If you wanted to go to Rome today, you would be in a world where you could drop everything and go to Rome today with or without your family. And he's like, that's so interesting. And I was like, why did you put six weeks on it? So what limitations do we put on our dreams? Everybody think about the sentence you say, well, if or then, and you make excuses as to why you can't achieve and you can do anything you want. Any, any of us, Rock, look at how average Rock is. Look how average I am. We're just average dudes who came from an average world. Rock worked on a farm for 20 years. He grinded, but what he learned was how to work hard. And Rock, you're also a learner. And it's the hard work and then the learning and the application. You put those three together and you can do anything. Yeah, you know, it fascinates me when people get into real estate, Jeff, and they're like, what do you want to earn your first year? And they go $100,000 and go, okay, what are you willing to do it? Do for it. And they're like, well, you know, and they usually tell me what they don't want to do. I don't want to work weekends. I don't want to do this. I don't want to work. Don't want a cold call. Right. Don't want a cold call. Don't want a prospect. And then eventually over time, they start to realize if they're going to stay in that game, what they, what's required. And to think about if you can earn six figures, 100, $150,000, $200,000 net in your pocket, which is very doable in real estate, well, it requires a skill set. It's not just luck. It's not just like go to the office and open a door, fill out a piece of paper, and everything goes smoothly. No, there's a skill set required, and it should be that way. And so if you're earning 100, you want to earn 200, guess what you're going to have to do? You have to improve your skills. And so that's where the learning part should never end. And I've learned my skills a lot on 
on team building. And that's why I can open up a solar company in Arizona and help them scale their team because the principles are transferable from one industry to another. And then all of a sudden you've got more mailbox money. I love it. Perfect segue in a, a final invitation before we wrap this one up. Uh, for anyone that's interested in coming out to Omaha, we host three events a year called the Team Building Workshop. We have one coming up in September. Would love for you guys to come. Rock, obviously, always an open invitation for you as a VIP. Rock has been out to that event at some point in the past. Um, it's an amazing event. We dive into investing. We get into culture leads, accountability system strategies. You get one-on-one -on -one time with myself, as well as my direct reports, uh, operations manager, Kevin McGowan, success manager, Andy Cuny. Super inexpensive. Our goal is to break even on the event. We want to help change the world by helping you change your business and teaching you to scale. So for more information about our coaching product, as well as upcoming events, go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Of course, go check out Rock's free book. Uh, say the name one more time, Rock rockthomas.com forward slash free book. And I've been to your event and a shameless plug here for that is you get people get to see actually behind the curtain, how you operate, which I think is invaluable because most people get the surface information, but they don't want to get to talk to your team, meet, walk around, kick the tires, et cetera. And plus, you're not the most boring guy to hang out with either. So there's a little mm -hmm. bit of fun and laughter too. So it's a good. I point. always joke on the invites. I'm like the value, yeah, the content's neat. But the value add, and this goes for any event I've been to with Rock as well, is the after hours. And it's the ideations and getting in deep to the threads of thought processes and emotion and where we came from, where we are, where we're going, and being with other like-minded individuals. I also am not a sellout VIP. I will be there every step of the way. I'll be the guy first up, last to go to bed. Uh, all after hour events, I'll be there. We even host a party at my house the last night. So you got to go check it out. If you guys haven't been to an event in Omaha, we do a virtual option, but virtual, you're not going to get that feeling that we can give you if you are physically here. We're also in a 10,000 square foot hybrid tech powered office of the future. I paid 1.5 million to build it out. We're in my 300 uh, by 300 foot, um, well, I guess 300 square foot Verly studio right now recording this episode. So you get to see the studio, our VR room, our training facilities, our high-tech conference rooms. And I think that we are in the office of the future. I believe the WeWork space is the future for commercial space. And so you'll get to see an, um, kind of a, a model or a concept that you could take back to your city. So with that, Rock Thomas, everyone, uh, Rock, you're an amazing guest and we appreciate your time. Your time is valuable. Um, and good luck with the, the rest of your bucket list items and amazing experiences. And hopefully I'll be on a golf course with you soon. Uh, losing probably, but at least swinging with you. I doubt it. I doubt it. You don't go down easy. Uh, <laughs> but great to hang out with you, Jeff. And uh, obviously, your, you know, your listeners are always um, benefiting from your continual commitment to growth and expansion and grabbing life big and thinking big. And so I, you know, I encourage people just if they get a chance to be around you, take it, take advantage because Jeff is, um, you know, he's going to turn 40 this year and he's out to make sure that he makes a dent in the universe. So might as well be on his team versus against them. Dude, 80 more years. They say yeah. my generation is supposed to be 120. So I'm I know. Good. feeling yeah. good. Yeah. You're, you're just in like just the second quarter. <laughs> That's right. You started. <laughs>